Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Good evening and welcome to night five of the Grand Slam Fallout Bars brought to you. Um, in partnership with our friends at Ball Sports. Dan, I'm not messing up this time. I'm done in nice and early with it, so I don't forget. Well played. Mr. Simpson, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? I am very, very well, Mr. Boyce. I am very well indeed. I am, you know, do you know what? Another apps, we, we've struck dead lucky this week. We, we've, we have just, this is our second night on the bounce and we've hit yet another night of absolutely top class darts. I would say from... You know, virtually everybody that took to the stage tonight, we've seen uh, a performance in one way or another. Um, absolutely superb stuff this evening. Highly entertaining. Um, some twists and turns and some, again, some amazing finishing and, and some really, really top-level stuff. I think we've been very lucky once again tonight. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Just before we go into the action, just say hello to a few people who are we're in the chat room nice and early. G's in, Jay's in, Bob's in, someone called Dan Simpson's in, uh, Bob, Lewis, uh, Jack, Curtis, Preston's just joined. Evening to everyone else who is in. And as you mentioned there, Dan, it was a, we've been quite fortunate. It's our second night of three, the two of us are on. And the first two nights that we've been on, it certainly delivered. Um, and some last night to me was an outstanding night. One of the best group stage nights that I can remember for a while. I don't want to say it was the best ever because we've seen some fantastic stuff over the years at the Slam, especially on that Monday, Tuesday. Um, but it was a very good night. And then tonight has delivered and then once more. And what a perfect way to start with two legends of the sport. Who are still delivering at a stop, top state, uh, top level, maybe not as consistently as they have done before, but we've got a five times world champion in Rain Van Barneveld and a PDC world championship runner up in Simon Whitlock. 
go head to head in a first aim, which was very, very good throughout Dan. And it, it just looked, it delivered on what we wanted. There was a fear that there's an inconsistency with both players. And there was a fear that that maybe not have then delivered with a hope that we've got when you see the name on paper. But for me, this one fully delivered from start to finish. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you, you, you did right. There was a risk with this game. And, and I think, you know, that's potentially why we saw this game first tonight, as, as big as those two names are, and as, as much history that is attached to this to this fixture. Uh, there was a risk that this game or this match could have underwhelmed. Um, you know, we, we're not quite sure at the minute which version of either of these players we're going to see. Um, and we saw an absolutely cracking game, a proper snob, slobber knocker, backwards and forwards, um, lots of twists and turns, some amazing stuff in there. Um, and and Barney coming through at the end will, will have pleased an awful lot of people. Simon Whitlock, I think, was 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 unlucky um, in, in the way that the game panned out. He got off to an absolutely flying start, which which. I think he, he, he needed to if he was going to push this game because I think what, what we've seen just from the mentality of, of, of Barney this this week is is composure. Um and we saw that again tonight. He, he remained very composed throughout most of the um most of the fixture, certainly the first two thirds of it. Um so Willock did everything he needed to do in getting out of the blocks quickly, but the 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 consistency um, over that longer format that we talked about yesterday, and, and you know, the, the extending this up to up to the best of of nineteen was was with the Dutchman, and and Barney just dug in and 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 hit a very consistent level throughout the game. Stats weren't stunning. There was no there was no huge checkouts from from Barney. Um, did throw the six one eighties, but the average wasn't wasn't you know it was nothing really to write home about ninety seven point four. But just a, a very, very good even match that, that was thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, we we done our predictions last night, and um, you've got this one right, I haven't. But if we was to have the chat during the Damon, or I was to say to you that Barney'd be behind early on, and when we're ten leads apiece, it's the first time that Barney's really levelled up because he'd been behind in the Damon. I'm not sure people associate very often the fight back in Barney that we've seen tonight and the temperament. I know you mentioned that word as well while you were talking about the Dane, but for Barney to come back into it from a very good Whitlock start and then, yes, Whitlock died off, but still had them finishes towards the end. Was it back to back 112s or? Yeah, he really, he, he, there was a one twelve. was it? Yeah, it was a two in a row, yeah. And he, he, he did... He certainly Sorry, did. it wasn't bat to bat. It was um, on throw. It was his two leads on throw. So we, on throw, he hit a 112. Barney then won a lead on 13 darts. But then Whitlock hit another 112 to level it up at eight apiece. But normally at that stage, we'd see the head shaking. We'd see the, you know, the Barney sort of, I don't want to say giving up, but losing that bit of interest. But tonight, we seem to have a different Barney. Yeah, and it was it was. I tell you where it. I mean, where it all. Where I thought my prediction was completely in in the mud, um, was was that seventh that seventh leg tonight, um, when when Whitlock broke broke Barney, um, for the second time and went five two up, and and at five two up, 
even in a longer form game, it, it, it did look a long way back at, at 5-2. And then and then straight off the back, all of a sudden, Barney wins four on the bounce. Um, broke, broke, took those two breaks back, levelled up at five all. And as soon as when he when he had that fourth one on the bounce, went to six five, and that put the game back on throw. So so after that, Barney looked a little bit com- more comfortable. Whether or not is that's because the game was on throw, and he knew that really he could he could serve the game out to it to a degree, and he just had to keep keep holding. Um, and 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 he didn't lose another game on throw after that once he'd leveled that up and and, and and I did think at 5-2 Whitlock was going to kick on a bit but he just found something there for those four legs on the spin and Barney really really turned the game around really good stuff very, certainly mentally um, the, the composure he showed was very impressive tonight yeah good thing about us now being into not out stages and Mr. Barza is working behind in the background. I am pleased to say that we have got clips from all four interviews already in the back end. So we will be hearing from all, all four winners on tonight's show. So let's start off with our first winner this evening in Raymond van Barneveld. I think it's really important to have a rest day tomorrow. You know, sleep well tonight and uh, do some 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 things for the press. And then tomorrow maybe go Birmingham, have shopping, have some lunch, and uh, enjoying. I'm really enjoying. You know, I'm, uh, for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the game. And uh, even would have even would even would have, have lost this game. I will say to Simon, well, credit because he played amazing tonight. You know, averaging 102, and, and wow, how good is he? And uh, it, it happened for him. But I'm also struggling, you know. If you look back last year, Pro Tours, grabbing, grabbing points, then they got me in, and I'm in the quarterfinals. And then the belief is there. I can, I can, go, I can go all the way. As long as you believe in yourself, and you, you keep on hitting these uh, triples and doubles. Just, just, one clip, just one sort of quote from that, Dan, before we move on to game number two. Raymond van Barneveld saying... Oiton Doe all the way. We've not heard that for a while. I thought you were going to say that he's going to enjoy a day out in Birmingham after that. No, absolutely. And he, and he did. He said, he, I, I said to you last night, when, when they did that, that Sky Sports piece where he was, he was with Polly by the canal you know, two, two or three days ago now, um, and, he, and he made a comment about his aim through this tournament and the Players' Championships finals was was to get himself a seeded draw at uh, at the world championships i was thinking well i said that i looked at the i had to check the order of merit a couple of times and think that's top 32 how's he going to do that but but clearly his mindset is is that he's convinced himself he's going very deep in in these next two tournaments and and so far he is he is proving that that his mindset is matching his game or or, the, or he's got the game to match the the mindset and 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 he's he's doing a cracking job so far, really really is. He certainly is doing just that to defy a one-on-one average from Simon Whitlock to progress into the last eight of a quarterfinal at the Grand Slam once more. And then moving on to game number two, which was the only we have two All English affairs in the last sixteen, and one of which is between Michael Smith and Rob Cross. And it was Michael Smith who got over the line in this one, which was a topsy-turvy battle, Dan. And it was Bully Boy 
just getting over the line with both players averaging um both players on a 50% check out percentage, which for me is a very good sign for both Bully Boy and Rob Frost. Um but Michael Smith got over the line with a 10-8 win. He did, and it, and it and it at no point did he like and he did Michael played great Michael great 50% on his on his doubles, but so was Rob Cross, both 50% on the doubles tonight. Um, and Michael did play very well, but Rob Cross, I thought, played played excellently to to keep pace. What Michael couldn't do right up until until he sort of he won the match really at the end was he couldn't quite get Rob Cross at, at arm's length. Um, he, he, he he did come out quick and he got he got up to that four one. Um, and, and but after that first break, it, it just looked like Rob was gonna was going to hang in there. And he, and he did exactly that. He just kept fighting back. And he had to really play some very impressive stuff. 8-1-80s, I think it was, without flicking back and having a look. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Rob Cross was 8-1-80s. Um, but, but he was having to do that to keep pace with, Mike, with Michael Smith. And he, and he couldn't just, he couldn't quite get um, close enough early in the game. And then once they got that levelled up at 8 all. I think that was a that that was where we'd hit the point where the game could have gone either way, um, and, and and it was sort of who had the biggest set. I think at that point when when Rob broke to to level the game up eight all, um, and, and I, I worried a little bit for for Michael at that point. I thought that was you know that break could have been could have been huge. And but Michael Smith, you know, we talked a lot about Barney's mentality, and and I know that Michael Smiths get questioned, but dug in and, and immediately responded with the break back so that he could just serve the game out in the end. It was it was a really interesting game and I think certainly at eight all, I thought we would I thought we were definitely going all the way. Um and Rob Cross just at certainly when that dart, last dart went in to level that up, I thought Rob Cross was was the favourite for that match there. I thought he was I thought he, he looked like he was the player that was going to get the job done. Um, Michael Smith did though just hang around in there and just just at that extra little level at the end. Yeah, and before we before we go on to more about Michael Smith and him going on to you know potentially progress further in this tournament, just on Rob Cross, we've seen some fantastic stuff with him winning the European Championships last year. Obviously, he's a former world um, world champion as well, but. For him to fight back to eight apiece deserves an awful lot of credit in a day that, yes, it, that was the time it was then a bit topsy-turvy before that Michael Smith was in control. But looking at that 17th leg, Rob Cross on throw started with a 1-3-4. But then these are restoring visits after that before Michael Smith broke. 60, 100, 51 and 11. A storing visit of 11 in a crucial head when you've got to eight apiece. Where... Obviously, we know the down that Rob Cross has done and we know the capabilities that um, Voltage has. However, that is a worrying sign for me when you've been able to claw yourself back and then Michael Smith's broke with a 14 dot lead, which, of course, is very impressive. But there's no pressure applied really by Voltage. No, and he, he did. It was almost like he sort of, um, looking for the right words, but he, uh, because the only one I've got is a bit graphic. <laughs> he'd, um, he'd, he'd done his money, so to speak. It seemed like it took everything he had out of him to, to get to get that game levelled up at eight all. And, and after that, he, he, he did he fizzled out very quickly, uh, you know. And, and 
it, it was as if he, he he drained himself a little bit and, and it took every bit of game that he had to get that up to eight all, but then didn't have anything left in the tank after that. He'd sort of exhausted himself with it and, and Michael was able to, you know, yeah, he, he did do it with, a, with, you know, came back at him with a 14 data, but you, you're right, there was no pressure at all. Um, and, 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 and Rob did fizzle away a little bit after, after we'd levelled it up. Colin, we accept your apology for running a bit late. However, you've timed it just right if you want to hear from Bully Boy. As we as I mentioned, we've got clips tonight. So let's hear from Michael Smith, who got over the line with a 10-8 win against Rob Cross. Yeah, no, we did it with the 160. I thought, this is straightforward. There's wide the tops. And then the 136, I thought, it's a bit late in the game to be setting up here while I'm on 136. And I hit the treble. You plum. And I literally just went into treble one. I thought, you muck it, boy. No, he, he tried it. He tried it. Well, luckily enough, I got the win then. A few years ago, would something like that have annoyed you? Yeah, but he annoyed me today. <laughs> no, man, a few years ago. But no, I just, I had to keep trying to keep me cool. Scratch me head. I don't know if it's cut now, but literally dug the darts in my head just trying to keep myself calm and yeah, managed to fall over then. I don't think it's important. I think I say in every interview where I've done it with Phil, I've done it with Dave, I've done it with everyone. As soon as I win the major, it's, that's the past and it's gone. I'd love to have one and I will get one, no doubt, but I never ever look back. I always look forward. So soon if I win this, win to the world, it's a new tournament. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I've won what, four Pro Tours European, I've won. Hopefully the Grand Slam won the players. Win a new tournament. Doesn't matter what you've won. It's a different day. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? No. No, I don't. I mean, I th I'm glad he's saying it because I think he's. But I think he's saying it for himself rather yes. than everybody else. Um, I think it's like a mantra that he's that he's like chanting to himself to to program himself into into how he, how he needs to approach things. Yeah. Um, Dan, Dan, just one thing. I'm the host. I'm meant to put you under pressure. You're not meant to throw it back my way. I wasn't expecting that. That's not fun. <laughs> no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think it was. I think it's saying the right things and it's coming across with the right sort of persona. But I think as soon as, let's say, Michael Smith does and wins the world championship this year. I think we'll hear him mention that in a lot of interviews if he was to win it, as does everyone else, because that's something that you've got to, you've deservedly won and then you can hold on to. I think I don't think he'll, he'll be something that would be pushed back. I think it'd be something that he would, he would gently remind everyone that he's now a major winner or TV winner, whatever we want to say for that. But Michael Smith did progress through against Rob Cross in a difficult tie. And then we moved on to Danny Nopper and Derwin Price. And you know, Dan, you've you've done it plenty of times before, whether it be social media or doing the report. When you are doing anything sort of as a journalist as such and writing something up, you tend to be a bit ahead of the game. So you try and predict a little bit what's about to happen. And when Danny Nopper is so far in front in this one, was it seven just seven four? And I was doing a little bit for OD, as per that, I had the 2021 World Grand Slam champion knocked out at that stage. Derwin <laughs> Price. Yeah. We spoke yesterday as well. We spoke just before, obviously, we spoke yesterday about the bottle of Nathan National potentially being one of the best in the world, having that bottle coming from behind and that fighting spirit. Is this man number one now, Derwin Price? 
tell you what, it was just, I, first of all, you, you give me a right chuckle there, because I've been in that situation where something absurd's happened, and I've, I've put a message down on WhatsApp, I'm going to have to rewrite the report now. I've <laughs> <laughs> two-thirds of it written up, I have my headlines sorted and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, the performance from Gerwin Price was for the vast majority of that game, I would say quite forgettable um, for, for the vast majority of it. And then all of a sudden, and, and this is, you know, being honest, that that is the difference between people who have the ability to win major titles in all sports, is that they can find that extra gear and they can find that will to win at, at the right time. Um, you know, he, he broke Danny Nopper twice in the last three legs there. Um, to come from what appeared absolutely nowhere at seven four, um, I thought it was done and dusted. I, you know, I really, I really did. When Noppy broke him again um, at seven four up, I just thought this is because because the way that that Getty was playing at that point, he showed no indication of, of, of what he might have up his sleeve and what he might be able to come and do. And then, by goodness, did we see! A resurgence towards the end, and I've got to say, I I know that we have seen some very impressive combination finishing in in this tournament so far. We we see Nukewood out slipping uh, uh, the big fish. We've seen some we've seen some very clever and cool stuff from Alan Suter, but that one six four was absolutely unbelievable. And I think because it's impressive in itself, and of course it is. But the situation in which that came and, and the way that his back was against the wall and how much he needed that in order to get through into the next round of this tournament, for me, just makes that sort of the finish of the, of the tournament so far for me. It was just a, a level. And it is. It's champions being champions. And that's how people become world number one. It is, is being able to, to take probably playing somewhere between your B and your C game for most of that and looking nowhere near and and just turning it on when it mattered. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is this is a guy we need to remember who a couple of days ago was on the brink of defeat and was Dave Chisnall should, let's be honest, should have knocked out Derwin Price and Derwin Price should have been out. We then saw, for me, I had it down as... Believe it or not, I do make some notes, Dan. But I had it down at six four when Noppy went into the the break. Six four up, and um, Durbin Price hit bullseye. So he left seventy five with two darts in hand, and hit bullseye down for twenty five ball, which for me was a mistake, as I, I think he should have done treble seventeen, knowing how good his double twelve hitting is. And I saw that as being the sort of the turning point in the game at that point, and I thought that Noppy was then going to go on and be successful because as well the start afterwards and then seven four up but as you said I, I can't disagree with you yes we've seen 160 we've seen a 170 we've seen some other brilliant checkouts along the way but for me that 164 at the time it happened that's what had that last year moment um as the Fallon sort of 170 moment was so big not because it was a 170 but the timing of it for me that that one six four was just huge because of 
when it was it to level that game up at eight apiece when he was seven four behind. It was just so good from Derwin Price. We will touch a bit more on this game, but let's hear from the man himself before we do so. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's just coming from you know the short period of experience I've got in the PDC, but I always like to lose. I absolutely hate losing, and I'll give it my all right till the end. And yeah, it's just um, I'm never beat till our last double goes in. But I never used to be like that. Things have changed over the last couple of years, and I just never give up until, like I said, the last double's in and I'm out. I think she knows what to do. I mean, she's been, she's probably had as much, if not uh, even more than what I've had. So maybe she should, should give me some advice. But you know, it's a tough world out there. You you're out here to earn a living and 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 you're out there to do a job. But there's always critics, no matter how good you are, how bad you are. But yeah, I do really feel bad for the way she is and people, the way people treat her. But it's just life, and you just got to deal with it. Yeah, two two parts of that to that clip. Really, one's about he's talking about his bottle, and I think we've already alluded to alluded to that and what he's shown today. Then standing up and what he showed previously. Second part to that, I know her name wasn't mentioned, but he was asked a question around um, well, he was talking around Fallon Sherrett and sort of the the pressure. And we've we'll only touch on this very shortly, Dan, because it's not to do with tonight's action and stuff. But does Desi's mentioned it in his interview? I'm not sure if you've seen the the clip as well from Fallon in regards to her interview with Sky Sports where she's she's mentioned it. But there's a lot, a lot of pressure around um Fallon at the moment. And or, or at the moment probably unfair. There always is, and Desi's alluded to it there. He probably let it more than anyone else apart from Fallon. So for me, that's a good thing that he's op- he's willing to speak about that and share that. Of sort of the abuse and the levels that he gets from, not just from the fans in the arena, because that Fallon doesn't really get that as much, but more from what you see and what you get from social media and from pundits and critics. Yeah, it's a it's it's a really challenging one, isn't it? And and, and yeah, I do think he's probably one of the you know he's one of the few people in in the sport of darts that that gets it um, you know on, on par with, with with what Fallon gets. Um, it, for for me, it's it's incredibly difficult because it's one of those things where it it, it shouldn't it shouldn't happen, and it shouldn't be something that that we have to talk about. But but it is just the world that we live in, and there's very little that any one of us and and, and any organisation or any sport you know in general can can do um, to to combat it because because. You know, the, the sport is, is is wonderful because it engages with people on so many different levels and it engages with people all over social media and it engages with people on all sorts of different media outlets and podcasts and television reviews and things like that. But but with that comes the other side of it that you can't really please and you can't really um, you can't really avoid. I think all, all all that needs to happen is I, I do think that she needs to get so to to. I'm sure she does get some, but I think, you know, the the organizers of the. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sport has some responsibility to make sure that she gets as much support as possible in, in, in dealing with that. And that where it can be, it, she, she's protected from it in terms of how it's filtered and what she does see and what she doesn't see. It's, it's very easy to just say, well, you know, well, I won't read the papers, I won't go on social media. Well, yeah, you shouldn't do it, should you? Like, that shouldn't be the way that you have to move through your life. Um, the, the, sad, the, the, the frustrating thing and the slightly sad thing about it, just before we move on, is that I, I'm not convinced that, that the situation that she's in, in terms of the, the, the abuse and the crap that she gets from, through social media and, and, and other channels, it has quite hit its peak yet. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that it's sort of hit a ceiling and, and that that's it. Um, you know, I think depending on what, you know, things, various things that could happen over the next 12 months, it, 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 it could increase even more, which would, which would be a, um, a terrible shame, but I, it's, it's, it's a slightly negative view as well, but I, I think that I don't think we've quite reached the ceiling of it. Yeah, which would is a shame if that is the case. However, back to tonight's game. Uh, as I said, we alluded to it. Does Desi mentioned it? I'm sure we'll talk about it more on the live lounge um, next week. But going into then the final game, and we saw the knockout stage get underway tonight. So the the first half of that was decided by Joe Tullen getting over the line against Dirk van Dijvenbouder. And we will touch upon our predictions, Dan. We'll, I'll, I'll round them all up at the end and we'll make sure we cover them off and I can see the smile on your face already. But one thing that neither of us expected with this game was it to be as one-sided as what it was. And Joe Tullen, average-wise, doesn't probably suggest that. But for me, that was a very, very good performance by Joe Cullen. And 95 doesn't really show the levels. He he was at throughout the main period of that day. No, it didn't. And it looked it looked at times. It, it was a bit strange because if, if you know if we're really honest and, and we and we and we talk about as, as as it was, the I was really shocked when when I looked at the at, at the fact that Dirk Van Dijvenbode threw a 93 and a half average because it didn't feel like that at all. What watching the match, it felt like that average would have been, you know, seven or eight points lower than that. He 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 didn't. He just didn't turn up tonight. It didn't click for whatever reason. He he couldn't play himself into any type of form and, and, and play himself into that match at all. Now again, you still you know for Joe, you've still got to hit the doubles, and he 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 did he did well. He played well. He, he did some. He did some very, very good things. 
I think for lumps of the match, it looked quite pedestrian because, and I think that's just the way it appeared because there was very little getting getting thrown back at him. Um, you know, do, did find that that break in the twelfth, but it, it was at that point so you know he was so far behind. You know, when he when he found that break, he was nine he was nine two down going to nine three. So, so it, it, it was a mountain to climb from from that point, um, but you, you can only play what's in front of you, and that and it was a, I use the phrase quite often. It was a professional performance from from Joe Cullen, who, who turned up and, and threw his darts probably not as well as he could, but threw his darts well, did some good things. You know, um, the one two nine was very nice. He, he, he checked some he checked some big checkouts out. Um, and he and he looked impressive. I, I don't know how much he'll take from that game, because because he didn't really experience a lot of pressure. He hasn't come through adversity. I think you know we've talked the first three games tonight. We, we've talked a lot about people sort of coming through adversity and fighting people off and things being topsy turvy. And and I think those those other three players have, have come through the mill a bit and battled their way through the trenches into into the next round. Um, Joe Cullen has just sort of turned up and thrown his darts and 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 found that he's done enough. Uh, you know, it, it just it just wasn't it wasn't competitive enough because um, we just didn't see the best from from Dirk Van Dijvenboer, sadly. Yeah, I'm just just gonna pop into the um, the chat room and then come back with a question before we hear from Joe. Bob's mentioned here Dirk never turned up and was letting more angry with himself when he uh, and the throw then got worse. Jamie's mentions Dirt's had a shot on doubles early doors. With sort of those comments and just thinking about what Dirt's achieved, his greatest achievement has come when we didn't have the crowd in. And I know now we've we we fully bat into that one, other than obviously your, your pro tools, you bat into the crowds in there. Do you still think there's question marks in Dirt's name on TV in front in front of a full audience? Um, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a strange one because because the the facts speak for themselves, you know, and and he's and he he hasn't been able to reach the level with full crowds in on television with the consistency that he could reach when we had empty stadiums or on the pro tour when he's behind closed doors, and and and, and the facts speak for themselves. So that's it's quite easy to just go, oh yeah, that's the case. But then what what then I think. The counter argument against that that confuses me a little bit is like you spend three minutes and you watch the guy's entrance and you think that's not a bloke who's uncomfortable in front of a crowd. <laughs> you know, like, and it's it's a real straight because you know like if you do, if you look at the facts, it says well you know he's he's it, it, it's it, he there could be some question marks there, um, but and you watch him walk out and he's raving and jumping and shouting and screaming. What 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 I think is. I think it's a bit of a combination because we have seen we've seen some good performances from him in front of a crowd. I can't remember where he went deep in something. I can't remember which one it was, but he did go deep in something um, on the television. And I, what I think is when he's playing well in front of a crowd and his first three, four legs go well, his first set goes well, then he feeds off the crowd a little bit and he, kick, he can kick on. I think when it doesn't go well and there's a crowd in, it sends him the other way. And I think it, I, I think that the, the effect the crowd has on him is very much dependent on his first four or five legs on the stage. And, and he can either 
come out of the guns or come out quite fast and it lifts him or he can come out quite slow not quite get where he wants to be and it gets on top of him a little bit yeah I, I agree with you on that um as mentioned yeah he, ha he has been to the top finals one on one with an audience which was world series what earned grand prix that wasn't but I, the question was more around the the performances i don't think have just been as good as yes he's got to a final in front of a crowd but the level of performances just haven't been the same we've now just got a short clip from joe cullen and then we'll look back on our predictions from last night and move into tomorrow night's predictions let's hear from joe first it's that's been playing fantastic all year even the games that he loses he seems to play well and it's, it's ironic i was just going to say that he doesn't really give you many games but i, I, th I think tonight i think he just uh, I won't like to say anyone gave up, but as uh, I was looking at him in the break and things like that, and he just looked despondent and like he, he well, he looked like he gave up to be honest. But that's that's for him to say, not me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's sort of arguing with himself there. I'm not going to say he gave up, but he did give up. But I'm not going to say it. he gave up. Very good, Joe. Yeah, um, I, I don't what he's saying. I don't. I don't believe that Dirt Dave up, but what he does do is, and um, was mentioned in the chat room, is he, he seems then to try too hard, yeah. and then he gets a bit demotivated by by that level. So this is the part which I know you've looked forward to, because I had a text message off you, off you after day number three, I think it was, when we said we would do a prediction over um, the last 16 games, as we are both on for... The last 16. So starting with Barney versus Whitlock. Dan predicted 10 sits. Um, and I predicted uh, 10 sits Barney. I predicted 10 8 Whitlock. So certainly one point there for Dan. Second up was Michael Smith. And we both predicted the win. Um, 1 10 sits, 1 10 7. So I finally got one on the board. Took me just till down two, but I got one on the board. Game number three, I thought I had this one in the bag um, with Noppy, especially 10 8. I thought that was looking very, very close. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think 8 6, and I think if, if then those we throw, obviously, Noppy would have dialed the line in that one, but zero from me in that one. And you got this one spot on, Dan. 10 8 for, for Desi. And then the final down the night, um, I'm sure I, there was a swear word in there, so I won't repeat it. But I just needed Joe Cullen to get over the line in his last one. And Joe Cullen certainly did do that. Um, I predicted 10 7. As I said, I think I'd be very surprised if many people out there predicted Joe to win by much more. Before we go into tomorrow night's predictions, Dan, um, I've mentioned it on socials tonight. We mentioned it last week on the live lounge. And I think it was mentioned as well when the draw was made. One of the downfalls of the Grand Slam. Yes, there's the talk about the WDF, BDO, seniors, all these sort of different organisations that can come in um, like we've had before in PDC and BDO. But one thing that really hurts a lot of people and really frustrates a lot of people is you can have repeat matches very, very quickly. Yeah. And it's no, it's, it's no fault of the players. Obviously, the draw and the format is done is done by the PDC. But what we've seen tonight is that Joe Cullen and Michael Smith have progressed and Derwin Price and Barney have progressed. And both of those two games we have already seen already this week. And for me, that is just a little bit too early to see a repeat of a game. Yes, oh. you can see in the semi and the final, 
But to see it then already in the quarterfinal, just three or four days after their first game, just doesn't feel right to me, Dan. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, it's 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 probably the only element of the tournament that I, I really don't like. You know, I look I love a lot about the format um, of the Grand Slam. I re- I really do. I, I I love that round robin group stage. I just because it, it's it's different. And I like this time of year in darts where we get that combination of tournaments that are match play tournaments where people are just playing legs. We've got some set play on the horizon and then we have this 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 little anomaly of the Grand Slam that just something a little bit, just changes up the format a little bit. I really enjoy it. But that for me is, is the only flaw. And there are a number of different ways you can do it. You can just simply change your drawer around as to, as to where your bracket goes in the end. And you, you just change one letter along and all of a sudden everyone has to play somebody different and there's potential to meet semi-final final. If you wanted to completely randomise it, you just do an open draw at the quarterfinals. Yeah. Like, and, and, and people will like that or not like that, but you might get it, you might not. But I, I, it's the it's the one thing that I dislike. Like I, I, I am a bit irked, if I'm honest, that, that you know the, the two quarterfinals that we know about, we've already seen. Um there is a little bit in there. In the, 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 I know there's a lot of people that quite like it. Like there, and I know that there are Gezi Price fans that are over the moon that that, that, that he gets to play badly again, because it, because there is that little bit of that spot for revenge, and there's that you know the, the the rematch almost. And there's people that think it's great. It's not to my taste. I, I I'd rather see that probably a, a, another stage along the tournament, semi-finals at least. Yeah, I think for me, how the group works, how the formatting works, with them now having a day off in between the last 16 and the quarterfinals, the only way it can work is that if the meta then in the semifinals, if that was to happen, you've got to win two games then to get to that. But if me, if you'd have just separated A to D up in this then next game, you you would have been able to do it. And you, you still have your two halves, so you can't meet someone in the opposite half until the final. So there's no other route to that. But for me, it's just got to be in the semi-final. I, I understand your point in regards to a sort of an open draw, quarter-final, semi-final. The only thing for that is I just think, it, yes, it's it's an, a day's rest or it's the following night. But you could potentially have someone not play for two nights. How that would work, you'd have to look at the format. Yeah, it is. You've got, you've got potentially people having... No days off, and some people having extra days off. Yeah, but it's it's just where you balance that, isn't it? It's it's what it's it's what the appetite is from the PDC as to how they want to do it. Me personally, I'm not over the moon with the current format. I'd, I'd like to see it, it mixed up ever so slightly. I don't really know. I have no preference as to how it is, as long as it's not how it is now. Yeah, just and we'll preview tomorrow, but. One thing that's certainly come to mind straight away is Derwin Price calling out Raymond Van Barneveld about playing. He can beat him over the short short format, but he'll never get him over the London format. Or well, we only have to wait a few days for that, and we'll have a result on that in a few days. But we'll predict that one tomorrow night. This is where everyone in the chat room we want you to get involved, throw your predictions in. I've got my workings out here that Dan, I've did you two points for a threat result and one for a threat. Sorry, one for a threat result, two for a threat store. So your four-two in front going into tomorrow night's predictions, and we start off with a surprise lasted steen in Jermaine Watamina and someone who got through the very last down last night in Nathan Aspinall. 
they will open up tomorrow night. Where are you down with this one, mate? Um, I I think it's 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 going to have to be Aspinall, um, and I think he's going to get it done in relatively relatively comfortable fashion. I don't think it goes through far to the wire. I think it's Aspinall ten seven. I need to add some points back on the board here, but I think this would be very, very foolish of me to, to, to do this so early on. Jermaine Watamina, what did he say? 10 7 was that? 10 7 now, I think Jermaine Watamina is playing very well at the minute. Um, a toss this weekend. Um, he's still in pose, dud, and for me, he'll need to create as many chances as possible at the doubles because that's the downside of his game. Um, to get the better of Asp. I don't think he will. I'm just going to go one more. I'm going to go 10 out the Asp in this first one and the Asp will get over the line. But I do think Watamina's playing well enough at the minute to push him and there is a possibility there of the upset. But I just think that Nathan Aspinall will get over the line. Dame number two, this one, not going to be uh, disheartened to that first Dame, but these next three really excite me and I'm looking forward to all of these Johnny Clayton versus Alan Suter and the form that Alan Suter's shown um, this week. Johnny Clayton not hitting the heights in regards to average and storing and checkout-wise that we've seen before. For me, it makes this one a very, very intriguing tie. It, it does, but um, my prediction is still... Like Alan, I've really enjoyed watching Alan Suter on the on the telly again. I think he's a great addition to 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 these big tournaments on the TV. He's a great personality. I do think though that Johnny is due on because we haven't seen him highlight checkouts and we haven't seen highlight real Johnny Clayton so far. And I think he's due, and I think he's had a day off, and I think he's going to come out tomorrow with the Johnny Clayton we all love to see on the television. And I'm going to go Johnny Clayton 10-5. Just before I give mine, uh, my mistake, just in the chat room, we had on the first day, Jack went 10-7, the Asp. Birdie Roy went 10-5, the Asp. Colin, 10-5, also the Asp. Bob, 10-6. HHS Duck, 10-5. Um, so quite convincing wins. We've actually been nicer to what I mean than anyone else has in the chat room, Dan, and gave him seven and eight leads. Um, but then we moved on and Jack's done for 10-5, Clayton, H. Stutz on 10-8, Suter and Bob 10-7, the ferret. This is where I'm going to go against you. Um, I'm really excited about the dames on tomorrow night. One of the reasons for that is because I'm there on Saturday I've got front row seats for Saturday's action. So the winner of Thursday night's games, I get to see on Saturday. And I've just got this sneaky feeling that we're going to see them tartan trousers on Saturday night and that Alan Suter will progress through against Johnny Clayton. I think I'm going to go for 10 8. The suits that's over the line in that one. Game number three, and this is the tie of the round. It has to be tie of the round. Michael Van Derwin versus Josh Roth. This has so much. The the dame for me depends on what Josh Roth can turn up because Michael Van Derwen is going to turn up. The form he's been in this year, he's going to turn up. If Josh Roth can perform half what he's done this week and anything what he's done really across the year, this could be a classic, Dan. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm genuinely looking round to like 
toss a coin in the. I, I, I sort of I feel like that this it it could be it could be nine all and 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 either one of them get the last one, or or, or it could be a ten five either way of one of them one of them just absolutely hitting their stride and go like oh, but but like I I do think and and it's probably against half of planet darts at least at, at the moment because. And Josh Rock, Josh Rock is a talent. He is very much a big talent. And he is a name for the future. But the future isn't quite here yet. And what's here yet is a very, very on form and dangerous-looking Michael Van Gerwen, who I think is going to be more up for this match. I think, my, I think Michael Van Gerwen knows and hears every whisper and talk about Josh Rock that, you know, and, and he's going to want to send a message tomorrow that I am still Michael Van Gerwen and I am still the best arts player on the planet. And I think it's going to be 10-7. Nearly went one less there, very nearly. 10-7, Michael Van Gerwen. I've just built this one up as being a classic... I think it's going to deliver. I really do. The and Bob mentioned there the experience of MVG. There's the majority of the chat rooms down for MVG 10 5 there. Uh, Tollins done 10 9, uh, Bob 10 7, um, and Jack going 10 8. Josh Rot. I think that just experience gets him over the line in what will be a, a great day with both. Averaging in and around that 100 MVG slightly over for me. Um, yes, he'll want to smash Josh Rott. He'll want to set that sort of early president of a TV game and get in over him that well. But I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to let my, my heart roll my head in regards to the store line. And I'm going to say just more on a hope than an expectation, Dan, that we let 19 led to darts between MVG and Josh Rott. Because <laughs> I think... That would be absolute fireworks, but I do think the MVG that's over the line. And then this one, if you think that one's impressive, this one isn't far behind at all. Yes, the the dame of the round for me is MVG Josh Rock, but it is very closely followed, just because of the recent performances in the recent form of Ross Ross Smith and what Lou Humphries has done on the Euro Tour. This one could be a tracker as well, without a doubt. And for me, this is the hardest one. Of of all of the round of sixteen matches to pick, um, I, I think, like for me, for me personally, I, I think it's right on a wire this one. Um, so this is the game that I am going to go ten nine on because um, I do think it goes all the way, and I'm going to surprise myself a little bit because I normally back the other guy whenever I do a prediction, but I'm going to go. 10-9 Luke Humphreys. I don't pick Luke a lot and he often makes a fool of me because I don't pick him a lot and he wins a lot. <laughs> he normally makes me look daft. <laughs> <laughs> he does do that. He certainly does do that. You know what? I'm, I've just looked at my results then so what I've predicted for tomorrow night and it's 10-8, 10-8, 10-9. And you know what? I'm going to stick with that sort of mindset that tonight... Um, it is tonight now. We've just turned midnight. Uh, tomorrow night, we are in for a classic night and it's rounded off with Ross Smith getting over the line in a 
18 or 19 lads, you know, let's do for it. Let's do for 19 lads then, and let's do for Ross Smith getting over the line in what will be a cracker. And I think it sort of sums it up. I'm just going to reel off a few predictions in the chat room, Dan. Loot has done for, I'm um, sorry, Jack has done for 10 9 Loot. Preston has done for 10 9 Smith. Bob has done for 10 8 Smith. Everyone is going for that sort of over 17 it is, and a half. It is, I think, to everyone that, you know, that, that watches us, this is, I think, the the MVG Rock game, I think we all know we're going to see some some really impressive darts. Um, but I also think that whilst Josh Rock is brilliant, if A-game Michael Van Gerwen turns up, like, that isn't on paper the closest game we you know we're looking at. I do think the way these two players are playing on form, this is the tightest game that we've got in this last of sixteen, the hardest to pick, the closest to a fifty fifty, I think, that we that we've that we've got. Yeah. It's, it, it's gonna be a bright day. The, the the names that are in there, the the players, we know that for me though those last three really, really stand out. But we know that Nathan National loves to be in a battle. So there's no surprise there if that goes deep because that man just seems to always be in some sort of battle. So I think we've got four names there that are teed up perfectly to to get our then final eight and go into the quarterfinals that weekend. Dan, thank you very much as always for your time. Chat room, thank you very much for everyone joining us late on this Wednesday evening. And as always, thank you for Boyle Sports for their continued support. For all the interviews that you've heard the clips of tonight, they are now available on our YouTube channel. Phil doing a great job in Wolverhampton getting those interviews for us. So head over to our YouTube channel now to listen to the interviews from all four winners um, this evening. Thank you very much for your time all. And me and Dan will be back tomorrow. And with Dan four to up, who will come out on top on the predictions, Dan? See you tomorrow. Good night.